Follow DJ P Dog Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram right now at DJ P Dog. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the In the Mix Radio Network. I am the one and only DJ P Dog in the mix, and here we are on this edition of the show. We have the In the Mix Roundtable. Where on this episode, you will hear an interview with my man TJ Pompeo. He's got a brand new project out, and we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. You don't want to miss it. It's all going to be right here on today's episode. So don't go nowhere, because it's coming up. And at the end of the show, when we come back, I'm going to ask you guys to pray for me, because I need a space in my house to work. I have an office. I got a space at home. But I'm going to tell you guys on the other end of this why that's not going to work anymore. And... um. Yeah, I'm gonna need you guys to pray for me, so don't go nowhere. You you wanna you wanna hear the interview and you wanna hear this story, alright? So keep it locked right here. Here's TJ Pompeo right here on the In the Mix Radio Network. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, it's your man DJ P Dog in the mix, and I am back and I've been promising you guys this interview for quite some time, at least a week. We've been building up to this. But I've finally got this guy on the line. Uh, my man TJ Pompeo. Um, how you doing, TJ? How you doing? What up, man? What up, P Dog? You doing all right, bro? I'm good, man. Now it's been a while. Like I've I've known you for a minute, quite some time. Um, Probably. Uh, I'm thinking what, maybe four years, five at, years, something like that. At least. And this is the first time that um that you've come on my show. Yep. Um, and and like I told you, man, like timing is is always perfect because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of good things that are going on with you right now. And I think that my audience um, will be excited to know what uh, what some of those things are, and I'm excited to 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 bring you into my world so that yeah we can learn about your world. Oh yes, so, sir, man. It's a privilege, an honor to to be on the on the air with you. Yeah, man. So first of all, I gotta ask you this question, man. Who yep. who is T.J. Pompeo? Who is who is the great legendary T.J. Pompeo? Who are you? Ah, uh, man, it's a loaded <laughs> question. I'm a very, uh, let's see, I'm a, the the two words I use for myself, I'm a professional dork. I'm just like, I'm the typical, <laughs> I'm, you know, the typical just white dude from the sticks in Virginia who just likes good music. I love quality music. I love, you know, kicking it with family and friends. Um, I, uh, I'm very sappy. I'm a hopeless romantic and I, you know, I've, I've embraced that about myself. Um, but in general, I'm just, you know, I'm very... I'm very keen on just impacting people with positive music and positive vibes, whether it's, you know, whether it's music or art, whatever kind of art form it is. I'm all about artistry in general. Um, that's kind of that drives me a lot. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's that so makes TJ Pompeo who he is, just always wanting to see people grow, always wanting to see people thrive and be at the mountaintop. And I want to be a part of that process for people, whether it's through my music or through direct interaction with them, if they're closer friends sort of thing. Um, but that's that, that those kind of things drive me. Now, let me ask you this, man. What part of Virginia? Because you said you're from the sticks of Virginia. Exactly. The sticks, man. What part the are we talking the five about? Four, the 540. You never heard of the area code because it's literally the sticks. Um, it's, now, uh, there's a college up there called James Madison University. It's about yeah, 15, JMU. Yeah. JMU, yeah. That's where I went to school. And that nice. was uh, that's about 15 minutes from where I was raised, the little town of Broadway, Virginia. Okay. Uh, it's like two. It's like two thousand people. Probably four stoplights. Probably about five thousand cows. Um, 
Yeah. I've seen more casual people. Yeah, you yeah. So here's the thing. I I've done shows um at JMU um, okay. before. And so I I went to school um not too far about 2 hours from JMU called Liberty yeah. University. Uh Liberty, yes, of course. Yeah, that's where I went to school and I remember um I went to Lynchburg, Virginia to go visit some friends and then yeah. I drove to Madison to James Madison University and you you're not lying, brother. Um, sticks. The sticks. <laughs> the sticks. That's why, you know, when I first started my career, I was trying to be like this hard hood rapper. And then, and then literally. How can you my be a hard hood rapper right, from the that's sticks? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So last year, my town that I was raised in got voted literally the safest town in all of Virginia. So I'm like, all right, I've completely eliminated any opportunity for me to all act of your, hard. All of your street cred is all gone. All my street cred out the it's, window it's, when, it that, when that exist. article got published. Yeah, they buried you. He said, they this did, guy man. can't be a rapper from. He no, he'll never be a rapper. He's always just gonna be a little R and B suave singer. And 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 the, here's the thing. I've 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 been rocking with you since at least since you you released um, Fresh Prince. Wow. Yeah. So you know that just to put it into perspective, I've been following you for a little bit. Pretty sure that was like and, 2010 or 11. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing, man. I've been in this business. For 13 years now. Okay. Right. And and you know this as much as I do. But artists come a dime a dozen. Right. And so I got to give you a shout out bro. For sticking it out. And for, and we're going to talk a little bit about. Some of those bumpy roads you've taken. And, and those pit stops. And, and some of those things you've had to go through. To get mm-hmm. to this point. Um, but I was very surprised bro. Like again. You say Fresh Prince was released 2010, 2011. Right. I was... It, it knocked me off my feet as I'm reading about where you are today. That This album that you have out now is your debut album. Like, this is your first album. Right. You know? So, how many, pro- like, how many projects have you put out before Man. this album? Like, your debut album? I probably put out... So, I started music, doing music 10 years ago. Um, so, it, I probably put out, honestly seven or eight like projects but they were all just to me they were all considered either mixtapes or eps um they were never something that i like felt really honestly proud of in the sense of like i actually feel like i want to like charge money for this and people are going to pay because they're actually going to appreciate and find value and financial value in this music like it was just i know i made good music or whatever quote unquote good music you know my first nine projects that i did but it was all it was all just kind of a process of developing who i was as an artist and and also you know people love free music and i knew that and it's part of the marketing campaign of how you build yourself up as an artist and how you build your fan base you give them free music and then when you feel like the time is right you got to slowly start to wean them into the idea of paying for your music you know so that was a process for me well i'll tell you what man i don't, I don't think that you and, and at least from an outsider looking in okay now you can correct me if i'm wrong here <laughs> From an outsider looking in, I think you're a superstar. I appreciate and, that. And here's why I say that. <laughs> Anytime an artist... Now, again, I'm an outsider looking in, so correct me where I'm at right here, okay? Mm-hmm. But anytime I see an artist that can get on an airplane and go to Japan <laughs> multiple times 
You're a superstar. Like that's, that's so funny. That's superstar status to me, bro. Right. Tell tell us a little bit about your Japan excursions. Nah, uh, man. So everyone always asks me about my travels, bro. Uh, they're like, "How do you do it? Like, are you are are you broke or like do you just are you just loaded?" I'm like, "No." So it's a long story, but basically, I've I've <laughs> I, I did a lot of research of like how to most maximize like miles and points with airlines and all the different airline programs and all these different types of things that get you a lot of miles with yeah. not having as much money. So I discovered all that a, a few years ago. And I've always been a huge travel buff since I was in high school. Um, took my first international trip at 15. I went to Ireland for two months by myself at the age of 15 and just did that. Um, so I've always had that that in my, my system, that desire to see the world. Um, so I knew I wasn't going to be able to afford a $2,000 flight to Japan, you know, four times a year. So I, I figured out ways and did some research and um, you know, there's certain websites that show you really, really cheap fares and really cheap flights that, that the airlines miss out on. They don't catch them right away, and then people buy them. So, you know, I, I do that. It's not it's not that I'm flying for free, but I'm flying for pretty cheap. Um, you know, it's, for example, my flight to China last month that I took to Beijing. That flight is normally um, round trip at least two grand, fifteen hundred to two grand. I found it um, for four hundred dollars. Uh, wow. and, be, and, be, and because of my status with American Airlines, I'm, I'm their highest um, status of frequent flyer. I get upgra- complimentary upgrades to first nice. class on, on any of their flights. Nice. Um, so it was just great. You know, it's a great thing to be able to do that. So, you know, quote unquote, you can call it a superstar thing. My sister <laughs> said that to me. She's like, she's like, wait, so you're flying to Beijing first class and then you're just going to come to D.C. right after that? I'm like, yeah. She's like, you literally live a celebrity lifestyle. I'm like, yeah. That, but I'm that's, a uh, you're a superstar. I'm telling like, and. And and I, you know, I think that that's great that you do that. And so, I love it. Um, especially knowing how to maneuver and navigate through those airline things. I got to tell you, a lot of people may not remember or even know this, but there was a time when I used to tour with mm. um, with the Reach Records crew. Okay. Yeah. And I remember being on flights with you know guys like Tadashi and Lecrae, and um, and Trip Lee, and these guys would clown me, bro. Because I, I found ways to get my points up. Mm-hmm. So I would I would reroute my flights, you know, to go further away before mm-hmm. I got home because yep. I would build up my points. And they, they clowned me. Yep. And I remember vividly there was, you know, they clowned me until my status hit platinum status. <laughs> and they were right. still struggling with silver. And I remember <laughs> there was a flight that I had with, um, with Lecrae. We were flying from L.A., back to atlanta and i get the upgrade nice okay (laughs) we just got done rocking a show with thousands of people he's the superstar and his dj is sitting first class and he's in coach (laughs) and and he's he's like yo man let's switch dc i was like uh (laughs) i can't bro i don't like you know this I would, bro, but you get a meal on this flight. You know, it's a three-hour <laughs> flight. You know, you get right. the free movie gimmick. You get the hot towel. You get all this. Any good flight, stuff. right? Any flight where you actually get a meal, you ain't sacrificing. You're that not seat sacrificing that seat. You're not sac. And I felt bad for That's the so brother, funny, but then I didn't feel bad because, like, all those times you guys clowned me, now it's coming back to bite you. Uh, so That's funny. enjoy your coach seat. Hope you don't get right. the middle seat, anyways. <laughs> But listen, you, you know, and I and I want to talk more a little bit about who you are, um, right? Before we get into the album and some of the things that you face in the music business, one of the things you said was that you want to bring music and positivity, but I also believe that there are things that happen to us in life 
that uh-huh. that we experience that other people experience as well. So I'm reading this this interview or an article on um, Rapzilla.com um, not too long ago. It was it's an old article, but I just stumbled across it as I'm doing uh-huh. my research the uh, things that we could talk about. And and on this interview, you're talking about an issue that you had uh, where you had to go through um, some identity issues after you were um, abused or molested. And you kind of went in depth a little bit on the article about these things, man. But talk to us a little bit about how you navigated through all those things. And, uh, and I think there was some church hurt that was there as well. Like, how did you go through all these things? How did you come out on the other side? Yeah, um, it's one of those things, you know, it's when you're eight years old and that sort of things happen, that sort of thing happens to you where you're sexually molested by, you know, he wasn't like a close friend, He was, but he was, you know, he was, he was someone I knew, he was a family friend. Um, and, and when something like that happens to you at eight years old as a boy, it's like, it's, I mean, as, as a girl, it's the same thing, honestly, but it's, as a boy, it's just, it's one of those things where at the age of eight, you're starting to watch the older men in your life, you're starting to observe, you know, your, your father and your uncle or your, you know, your male cousins or your big brother or whatever it is, you know, you're starting to get this idea of what masculinity is and what manhood looks like. And so when something like that happens to you, all the, all the information that you would kind of collected up to that point about masculinity and manhood kind of get stripped from you immediately. Yeah. Um, you kind of left, the, you kind of left the fend for yourself as far as like rediscovering identity, rediscovering gender roles, rediscovering, you know, um, even sexual orientation, stuff like that. Like that's, it's all, it's all, it's all encompassed in that kind of situation. Um, and so it just took a, it took a while for me to kind of get my feedback on him. Even at eight, you know, I, I hid it for my parents. I didn't really show my emotions about how it was impacting me, but it definitely had, it took a toll on me mentally and emotionally, spiritually. Um, you know, it made me nervous around girls that, uh, you know, it always, I had, I've had, I'm still a virgin, but I've had plenty of, I'm not even gonna lie. I've had plenty of opportunities to have sex and, you know, yeah. before I got saved and even after I've gotten saved, you know, there's been opportunities as well. I'm not gonna lie, but even just what happened back then, it still affects me even in those situations of like uh, uh, insecurity and lack of confidence and stuff like that. Like it's, it's, it's all, it carries on, even though I've forgiven him and I've moved on. Like I, you know, I've seen him multiple times um, since all that stuff happened. I've, I've hugged him. I've forgiven him. I've spoken with him. I've verbally, you know, exchanged forgiveness with him. It's still one of those things where it still has a very profound impact on the rest of my life. But it's one of those things where I'm actually, uh, you know, I know God didn't cause it, but I'm glad that he allowed it because it, it really shaped who I am at today. You know, it really molded who I am today. And um, it's a very big part of my story, you know, being able to overcome that, having people to speak with about it. Yeah. Um, it's the beauty of forgiveness, you know, the power of, of, of unconditional forgiveness, because, you know, that uh, someone who does that to you, they don't. In human by by our human terms, you know, in our own human minds, they don't deserve our forgiveness. They'll never they'll never d- deserve it. They'll never earn it. They'll, they can never apologize enough to earn our forgiveness. But when you can when you can move past that, and the Holy Spirit can literally just captivate you to the point where forgiveness is it's actually just automatic at that point. It's it's a beautiful thing. You know, it was one of those things where I saw him after ten years for the first time in ten years at a Bible study right, at JMU um, where I gotten saved. I saw him at a Bible study, and the first thing that came to my mind when I saw him was just compassion and forgiveness. And I was just like, "Whoa! Like, why do I feel this way? Why do I not want to like go kill this guy right now? Why do I? Why don't? Why do I not want to go choke him? You know, or slam him down on the ground and punch him in the face? Like, why am I feeling 
compassionate towards him. And it was just, you know, God working on me in that moment. But as time went on, I discovered, I think God allowed that to happen to me at that age because he wanted me to understand real genuine forgiveness. It's very easy to forgive somebody who accidentally trips you or who steals a candy bar from you or whatever. It's th- those things are very minute. But when something, when somebody violates you physically and sexually and, and, and alters the, the, the frame of your life path, um, it's, it's very different and very challenging kind of forgiveness. But um, God wanted me, I think, I believe that God wanted to really show me and challenge me in that way with forgiveness and um, make forgiveness be a very strong rooted part of my life. I tell you what, man, like that's um that's some pretty deep stuff. And I and I know that I have a lot of listeners, honestly, bro, um, two things. One, who may have been, you know, who may have been going through some of those same things and also know right. that I have listeners who are not believers. And mm-hmm. I think hearing this story just shows that, you know, ultimately it's you responding on how mm-hmm. God has forgiven you. Absolutely. Of much worse. As absolutely you know, as an offense to him and how you're able to forgive. This is deep, bro, because a lot of people don't just come on the other side. And I think it shows that it takes a higher power that can help you get through this. And this is this is good, bro. Like, I think this is a yeah, good part of your story. Um, and I'm glad that you're open and sharing it. I think there's a lot of people that, you know, a lot. Of, like you said, you're you, you're not excited that it happened, but you're glad that God right. allowed it. And I believe I'm a firm believer that a lot of times. God allows us to go through these things and come out mm-hmm. on the other side so yeah. that we can be that encouragement for those who may still be, you know, going through Absolutely. It, you know, yeah. so. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%, man. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Um, now, going back to talking about your album. Actually, before we get to your album, that, you know, again, going back to this, we talked about, I again, I can't believe that this is your first actual album. <laughs> right. I, I can't have an interview with the great T.J. Pompeo without asking this question. And I, I want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Before we get into your debut album. Right. Because you released this debut album, correct me if I'm wrong, independently. Yes. Now, I, I say that. I already know where this is going. I say that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I say that to set this up. So that my right. listen, I'm taking the listeners on a journey right now, right? So that they can understand where we're coming from, because it it wasn't a year ago, maybe two years ago, mm-hmm. you were signed to a label. I was. You were signed to a label. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that experience, and, and uh, actually, before you tell us about the experience, I gotta be honest with you, bro. Yeah. I gotta again. I've been in this business for a long time. Right. And and you know let's let's be let's let's put take the gloves off here. We're talking right. about mixed bag entertainment, mixed right. bag records, ran by hip hop veteran Christian hip hop veteran The Truth. Right. And I love this brother. I followed his career. Listen, I followed this guy's career before he came out with a single. I've been rocking with this guy, so I've been rocking with him for a long time. I would love right. to get him on the show to talk uh, one day. But anyways, so he comes out with this label and he signs like a billion guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, at least that's what it felt like. It was like, okay, right. it wasn't a billion. It's probably like, what, eight or nine? Yeah, it was like a and Wu-Tang. I'm sitting back and I'm looking at this and I'm just like, I, 
I can't see this working. Right. Because I know the the details of the business right. and I know how much it, it takes to go into to just pushing one artist. Right. And to bring that many and then some of those guys weren't even developed talent wise. Um, yeah. you know, not saying that they couldn't get there, but to have right, right, right. underdeveloped talent and that many people who are underdeveloped talent wise, I, I you know, I saw it from a mile away. I said, There's no way. You know, there's just no way. But you were I'm an outsider looking in. You're an insider. Right. And I'm not asking you to give me any dirt, okay? Right. I don't course. I don't want this to become the gossip column. Okay. Right. But I gotta ask you as an artist, what was your yeah. experience like? Was this your first record label contract? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what was my first my first contract, yeah. Now I'm asking you this because I know for a fact that I've got a lot of young aspiring artists that listen to the show. Right. And a lot of them can get the googly eyes and the, the uh, you know you know just keeping it 100 you know what i mean they oh can yeah, if, if, a, if a label contract comes in front of them you know exactly and what it, happened to me and i had a conversation with another brother who was on the label and i i didn't come out forthcoming as hard because i don't think he would have taken what i said well but i did right. tell him said listen you got to watch yourself and you've got to take ownership of your career and yep. don't put that in the hands of anybody yeah what was your experience like working with a label? Okay, yeah, obviously I'll preface this by saying there's certain things that I'm legally not allowed to say. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll say that off. We don't want to get you in trouble. We don't nah, want to. We I, don't want to get any. I'm gonna, stay, I'm gonna stay clear of all that from, stuff. You know, anybody. it's one of those things. Like we're on. I'm on good terms with Truth and 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 the whole gang. It's just it's one of those things. I think for, honestly, more for me. I discovered something more about myself, which made me realize that a label is just not a good look for me. It has to be a very particular situation where yeah. the label is doing certain things that I just need. Because what I discovered about myself while being on a label is that even just as a person, period, forget forget being an artist, just as a person, period, TJ Pompeo is a type A personality. I need structure, I need order, I need itineraries, I need <laughs> schedules. That's how I function, that's how I operate my life, and I will literally go insane if I don't have those types of things in order and if they don't function properly. And so, again, mix so how, with how, how much label. How much of your hair did you pull out? Uh, a lot. <laughs> that's, yeah, so that's, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's where I'm going with this. It's like, mixed yeah. bag, I love them. You know, I have nothing but love for the guys. But it's one of those things where, as a new label, I understood going into it, like, yeah. there's going to be a certain level of grace that I'm going to need to have with them because they're not going to have everything in order. I knew that. But I didn't know to what extent that would look like, is the disorder would look like. And, and I didn't know how it, I didn't know to what extent it would really affect me mentally. Um, and so once I discovered just how much of a type A I am, it made me realize, like, wow, I'm ridiculously independent just as a person, period. So as an artist, it's, that's going to be magnified times 10 because this is my livelihood. This is my career. This is my passion. This is my, my baby, my love. You know, this is what I do for a living. It's like, so if, if this doesn't go right, then the whole personal side of it as well is going to be in disarray. Um, so it's one of those things where I, once I realized the magnitude of how independent I am as a person, the label situation just didn't make sense for me. Um, and that's why I say, like, I would do a label again. It would just have to be a very, very particular situation where I, I don't even I can't even describe what the situation would be it would just have to feel right you know and, and I'd have to be you know I'd have to be praying about it get a lot of counsel and wisdom from people who would probably tell me not to do it or whatever but 
Um, it would just have to be the right situation. But honestly, independence fine for me right now. I don't mind it. You know, it's, yeah, I get yeah. to make my own decisions. I have my own creative control. I, you know, financially speaking, I keep a hundred percent of the profits to myself. I don't have to split them with anybody or percentages dished out to so and so for their yeah. their involvement or whatever. Um, so there's you know there's benefits, but of course there's also negative sides of being independent. You know, you don't have as much of a financial backing. Uh, you, you lose your networking opportunities because you know Manny did have a big networking you know, fan, uh, base of people that he knew. And anytime I travel with him, you know, I, people knew who he was, and so they wanted to know who I was. Who's the white kid with Manny? Um, so you know, it's just one of those automatic ends, and that was cool. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't. At the end of the day, it wasn't worth just the, the losing my sanity aspect of it as a person and just my type A personality that I am. I feel you, brother. Um, and, and again, I know that I've got a lot of younger artists that listen. And I and I tell these guys, oh, listen, I've lost money in this business. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of money with crooked managers, mm-hmm. crooked booking agents. You know what I'm saying? I, the list can go. I, now, here's the thing for me. I only had to be fooled once. And, right. I, and I took that L and I said, you know what? Let me not look at this as a loss, but let me look at it as I just paid for an education. Mm-hmm. And right. and and I got a really good one, um, and then again, once I joined up with the Reach Records crew, I got a chance to see stuff on the faster pace, larger right. scale level, and I learned right. a lot during my time with those guys. And so Absolutely. that's why you know when I looked at that situation, I said, "There is just no way, like that is insane." And I I was hoping that maybe he'd pick you know I think you were a good look, but maybe maybe one other guy. And then himself, right. I said, okay, maybe that would work, but that many, it's, it's just no way. Um, but I'm glad to see that you've, you know, you're still in that 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 forgiving and right. not so much forgiving because I don't think it was a, I don't know, but that <laughs> giving of grace. I'll say that, right? Because um, right. it takes it takes a big guy to to be able to do that. You can like I know a mm. lot of guys who've gotten burnt, bro, in this business. Some of the most talented artists that some of you guys have never even heard were just burnt in the business and just said, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want the business. I just love music. And right. they now have a bitter taste in their mouth towards music because they've been burnt in the business. So I'm glad to see that, um, you know, that you continue to move on, which now brings us to where we are today. Right. And, and I got to tell you, man, like I said, I've been following you for a long time. I've, you know, I'm looking at, some of the projects and the body of work that you've done so far with Fresh Prince. I've seen uh, you did the Boy Meets Girl uh, situation. Yeah. You had the preview that was out. And yeah. I got to tell you, man, like there was one thing that was constant with you throughout all these projects. You wow. did a very good job of keeping a, a sleek, nice look to yourself. <laughs> You had the baby face going on, you know, the whole the whole deal. I'm looking at pictures of you now, and I'm like, did this guy go through the wilderness or something? He's got a big beard going on. You know, he's talking about confessions of hopeless romantic and, and all that. What, you know, t- <laughs> tell us about that transition, bro. Like, you're going through yeah. the whole branding transition. Yeah. And I think that, 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 that goes along with the music, and we're going to... And Absolutely. I think that's going to lead us right into that. But tell us about this whole transition. Yeah, so it's actually cool that you're asking this because I had I had to respond to a person on Facebook last night with a very lengthy comment because he was kind of giving me some uh, some, and, some mess. And I got 
and I gotta, and I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but I gotta tell you, this is why I hit you up mm. on the ASAP because I gotcha. saw, I saw that, and I gotcha. said, man, I know I told this guy we're gonna do an interview. Okay, this is, let me get this guy on, right. and let's let's get it in. But yeah, go tell us about that yeah, that yeah. whole situation. Absolutely. So for those who don't who haven't seen the Facebook comment or won't ever see it, whatever, um, I'll kind of reiterate more or less. But basically, like for me, the branding thing, you know, um, I when I first got saved, right, it was it was it was all brand new to me. I was very zealous, of course, you know, as most new Christians are. And, right, uh, right. That was when I first got that was when I very first got introduced to CHH. You know, my roommate at, at college just dumped dumped a whole like three gigabytes of CHH on me. That's a lot um, of music, sir. It was a lot of music. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> so I had a lot to listen to, a lot of new artists I'd never heard of, a lot of, you know, theological uh, you know, mu- music in my head, but it was all hip hop. Um, and it was cool and I was like, Okay, well I do music, so maybe this is what I should be doing as well. And it just made sense because it's like prior to me getting saved, I was doing typical, you know, the um, wanting to be thug, t- skinny white kid, Eminem, Slim Shady, wannabe type stuff. Um, and it just wasn't me at all. And then when I transitioned into CHH, it was one of those things where I started to gain notoriety and some popularity. And I noticed that people at churches and youth groups enjoyed me. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I started making money doing it. I was like, oh, this is even cooler. Like, I, can, I can turn this into a living. Um, and then I started building a fan base, and it became a reality of like, oh, wow, like this is actually something here. Yeah, um, but then yeah. as, as, time, as time went on and as, as, those, as the projects came out, as I worked on new music, as I made more and more connections, as I met Truth and signed, the lab, signed with the label, um, the reality is that for me, man, I really discovered that I actually – I don't fit into CHH very well as a person and as an artist. And that's what I discovered. And I'll elaborate. Um, You know, I was trying to be from day one in CHH and my involvement and getting involved in CHH. I was trying to be something that I'm not. I was trying to be this super gritty, Bible thumping trap rapper. Um, And like I told you earlier, like I I can't be gritty. I'm from the safest town in Virginia. It's not going to work for me. It's just not going to work. It's not going to happen. No street cred. Secondly, right. Secondly, (laughs) right. No street cred. Zero. And with the Bible thumper thing, it's like what I try to explain to people is that I am absolutely 100% a believer in Jesus Christ. I, I know that God has changed my life undoubtedly, and I will have spiritual topics and discussions till the end of the night, you know, till five in the morning with people if they want to talk to me about those sorts of things. But I am not the dude who you're going to see on the street corner, you know, screaming out scriptures and passing out Bible pamphlets to people. It's just not me. It's never been me. I've never been that way as a Christian. And so when I was making this super heavy-duty Christian content in my music, it felt fake. It actually Mm. felt fake. You know, it didn't feel like well, I'm not doing this in real life. I'm not the guy who's on the street corner yelling Bible verses. So why am I doing this in my music? In my music, and once I once I discovered that, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't feel content with this. I think this isn't a good. This is not okay with me to just be basically a fabricated version of TJ just to appease the church groups that I'm going to go perform in front of, yeah. or to not step on anybody's <laughs> toes. And that you know, and honestly, once I realized that I was a, fab- a fabricated version of an artist, it scared the crap out of me. I was like, I don't want to be that. I want. We need to fix this. Um, and so you know, I just took some time and really just dug into to to to, um, to prayer, to talking to friends, to um, even just listening to certain types of music and switching that up for me. 
but I really discovered once I started writing songs that had to do more with dating and relationships and romance, it's always been a huge topic for me. I've always loved talking about it. I, I'll read books and books and books about that topic um, just for fun, you know, just to learn about it and, and to grow in that area of my life. Um, and, and when I write those types of songs, it just fits me as a person. It fits who I am. I'm, I've always been very sappy. I've always been a hopeless romantic. I've always, you know, I've always been that type of person, single or taken. I've always just loved companionship. I've loved love. I've loved, you know, relationships. I've loved, you know, picturesque marriages and like taking whatever kind of wisdom I can from that. Um, and so I want to write about those things and my desires for those things and how I want to pursue those types of things with, with my future wife or whoever she is. And even as I'm single, like talking about what it's like to be single, but desiring companionship. And so as I started making those types of songs, I realized like, oh, wow, I think I've finally discovered my niche. Yeah. And, and you know, that was even affirmed on, on my fa- on types of things like my Facebook post. Like, to be honest with you, I, I could post something profound about politics on Facebook and a status, but it might get 50 likes. But then the minute I post something profound about dating or relationships, it gets like 400 likes. I'm like, okay. Wow. Yeah. You know, people, it, it was a very clear sign to me of like, okay, people obviously enjoy when I talk about this topic, even just as a person. So as an artist, I should be writing songs about this topic and speaking on this. And once I started doing that again, it just, it, I finally felt like I found my niche and I discovered that I can be a man of faith while making dope music that is 100% real and raw and authentic and genuine and unfiltered. It's just, it's just TJ Pompeo. That's who I am. I've, I'm the sappy, hopeless romantic, and I'm unashamed about that. You know, I, and and I have no problem admitting it, and I have no problem admitting that I'm also a Christian. Yeah, and and I think you hit the nail on the head, bro. And I think this is an issue that a lot of us have been faced with. I know, you know, my my friend um, Show Baraka has voiced uh-huh. his concerns with these things, and a lot of us are starting to. It's almost like, and I was telling my wife this earlier. I said it's almost like kind of being like you're you're waking up. Right. There's right. there's a world outside of CHH. Huge um, world. And and I think we've done a great job. And when I say we, I mean us as those those young radical, you know, zealous guys. We've done a great right. job of isolating ourselves into this silo um, where it's like, man, it's got to be CHH, and that's it. Okay, so where do I go perform? Well, right. there's a billion youth groups. Right. And, and you talk about the one of the most frustrating things, bro. Like we've turned, we've done a great job of turning youth group leaders, and and just to be clear, because I know I've got a lot of people listening who may not understand what that means. We're hmm. talking about church youth groups. We've turned church youth group leaders into club promoters. Uh-huh. Where it's like, if I don't get into this church and that church, I'm not going to be able to earn a living. And right. and and that's the absolute worst place to be in because you feel trapped because yep. you evolve as an artist. And now it's like, well, darn, I, I can't talk about what I really want to talk about because the youth groups aren't going to call me anymore. You know, and yeah, so exactly. Um, I'm, I'm yeah, you know, and that's, uh, I'll be I'll be I'll be I'll keep it so 1000. Right it, now, let's bro. go. Let's go. The minute the, the minute I left the label. And the minute that people started seeing me transition more into the mainstream type of music, yeah, my 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 bookings and my f- Instagram follower counts started to diminish significantly. I haven't. Uh, I I was doing maybe probably thirty shows a year. Wow. Um, you know, I'm doing you know more like 
five to ten now, and I'm, wow. you know, that's just, yeah, it's very, it's very, and I understand it's one of those things where it's like my music isn't fit for church and youth groups because of of the nature of it, and I get it, so I'm not mad about that. But it's one of those things where it's like we preach loyalty and we preach, you know, brotherhood and in the ministry. But the minute that you leave the label, you realize like, ah, oh, you really only mess with me because I was under truth swing. You really just mess with him. So you mess with me. But you didn't really mess with me. Once yeah. I left, I discovered that about a lot of people, honestly. Yeah. And that's the hard part about this business, man, because yeah, it's, it's it's very risky. And again, if you're trying to earn a living. Yeah, it's 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 very risky. I don't know if you've been keeping up with what I've been doing lately, I have but not. I'm, I'm going through this whole. Well, by the time this interview airs and <laughs> <laughs> the transformation will be complete. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm and this is why I say I, I know my audience now and I know that a lot of people in my audience isn't the CHH audience. I've transitioned to. To be more in that, you know, the hip hop world, the underground yeah. hip hop scene, yeah. and and also the electronic dance music scene, Dope. and it's been it's been crazy, and it's opened up my like. Listen, I haven't done a. I probably did maybe one church show this year, yeah, and maybe three last year. I did over fifty dates last year, wow. um, and so stepping out on my own as a DJ was. You t- first of all, it's already a risk, and mm. I'm asking myself, what what church youth group is going to hire just a DJ? Right. You know, like it happened a little bit, but you know, let's let's just be real. They want an artist, right? You know, and so I I get it, man. Like you you want to put out honest music, and you want to not be trapped into presenting your honest music in front of a demographic. It may not be your target audience. Absolutely not. Yeah, I already know. You know, I want I want to present my music to people who are going to appreciate it and rock with it. And in all honesty, that's going to be like the it just it is what it is at this point. The, <laughs> the, the direction that my music is headed, the people I know I know certain Christians are going to be totally fine with it. Yeah. But in general, the places and the types of venues where my music is going to really saturate and and really resonate with people is going to be like lounges and restaurants and, yeah. and bars and nightclubs and, and, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's, it, and I am totally fine with that because I don't, I don't feel any kind of pressure in those types of venues. I don't feel oh, like man, I'm being pressured to change my faith or to compromise my faith. It's like, no, it's, I'm just here to do some dope music and give y'all some good artistry. Yeah. And if you want to talk with me at the table afterwards, because you notice that my music is different from all the stupid stuff you hear on the radio, we could talk and I'm going to let you know exactly why it's different. Bro, it is liberating. Yeah. Like, it is absolutely liberating. And mm-hmm. I, and that's the word that I wanted to use because, I'm, I'm, again, I'm talking to my wife and I'm like, man, this is risky, mm-hmm. but it's liberating. Right. And it's liberating because you get to do your art and be clear where you stand. Right. And, yeah. I, and that's what I love, man. And you'd be very surprised, and I'm sure you're going to find this out if you haven't already, um, that that people are very receptive when you're putting out good honest music they're receptive uh-huh. to what you got to say if you earn their ear based on how good you do with your art they will hear what you got to say absolutely and even if they don't agree they'll respect you for saying it absolutely you know and if all those fails you could just hop on a plane and go back to japan and hang out there <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna start up a new <laughs> career over there but anyways you, you've got the new album um your right. first album, 
Hopeless Romantic, bro. Break it down for us. Tell, yeah, us, tell us about it. Confessions of a Hopeless Romantic. So, again, once I discovered that that's the type of person I am, very sappy, hopeless romantic, I discovered like that's the type of album that I want to do. I want to do a whole album of love songs, um, or relationship-themed songs. Uh, and so, you know, I went through my first ever serious dating relationship about three years ago. And since then, you know, I've been through two other relationships. Um, and, you know, I learned something and took away something from each one. And, uh, and so I wanted the album to be a storyline. I wanted it to, to start with, you know, the, per, the pursuit of the female or, you know, finding someone or like, you know, uh, uh, two, two sets of eyes cro- crossing paths in a restaurant. And, you know, the guy and the girl, they notice each other and they're, they're both like, oh, he's nice. Oh, she's nice. Like, I, I'm interested. And then going from there to the actual, like, working up the courage and, and the gusto to go introduce yourself. And then from there, you know, going into talking and starting to hang out. And then from there going into actually dating and being exclusive boyfriend and girlfriend. And then from there going into crossing physical boundaries. Cause that happened for me as well. And from there going into what crossing those physical boundaries did for me and, and what it did for the relationship. It caused a lot of tension. It caused a lot of friction. It caused a lot of, um, that's, those are good words. Tension and friction, period. The, crossing the physical boundaries. And so from there, going into us breaking up. And from there, going into the post, you know, the post, the stress, uh, the post stress of breaking up and all the emotions and the feelings and the anger and the bitterness and the frustration that's involved with breaking up. And, um, but you still have feelings for that person. So how do you process that? Like you hate them, but you love them. So how do you process through that? Uh, and then, you know, the final two songs on the album is really just elaborating on what I discovered in those relationships the lessons that i learned and the lessons i took the took away from those relationships one of those relationships was very to be completely honest she was uh i don't it's i feel weird using this word she was an attention whore i'll put it that way you know um she really she really liked her attention uh and she she would latch on to me for any kind of attention she should get off of me and she um and i learned that about her so it's like i i I don't have any ill will towards her. I've forgiven her. I've moved on. You know, I don't communicate with her anymore. But it's one of those things where we're, we're civil, and I'm glad for that because I'm I'm able to I'm able to now see like what I need to look out for next time around. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I you know I took that away from that relationship. Um, you know, the next relationship I took away something. You know, one of my favorite lyrics, probably one of the deepest lyrics I've ever written, uh, is on the very last song on the album. It's an eight-minute song, so if you listen all the way through it, you're going to hear it. Um, but uh, I'm trying to remember the bar. Um, but she, uh, she, she put on a good show. But oh, so I'm sorry. But if it's all about the looks, though, then she put on a good show. But what's the point of looking at a woman with a body if you know she can't match it with a good soul? So that's the lyric. Probably one of the deepest nice. lyrics I've ever written. Very subtle, but when you hear it, you're like, oh, dang, that's pretty deep. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, and I discovered that, you know, it's like looks ain't everything. Yeah. You could be the baddest yeah. in the world. That don't mean nothing, you know. Um, most of the time, it's the bad ones who actually know they're bad and they play games um, and they're actually not really ready for their relationship goals that they hashtag in their, in their captions. Um, and that's just being honest. That's the reality of it. So. I learned that about relationships. I learned that about all that stuff. So I wanted to talk about it in <clears> and, and just and just really encapsulate the whole relationship process in one project, and but also make sure that it was coming from personal experience and not just you know a daydream of what I would want it to be, but actual experience. Yeah, so that's what it sounds like, man. It sounds like the, this album is literally the confessions of a hopeless romantic. You're, oh yeah, so. you're giving us a, a 
a peep inside your world again i think that's that's good you're bringing out honest music and it's real life stuff mm-hmm. and you're walking us taking us through this journey i think that's that's very creative man and i think that's one of the geniuses of doing this kind of music this liberating right. music where you could just express stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it hopes that people can relate and and kind of walk that journey and say hey man i've been walking this same journey well how did he come out on this well now i can see that that there's a hope on the other side that's yeah. that's um that's amazing um so there's there's a song that we actually played um right before we hopped on we played insomnia yeah. and i gotta tell you bro like the music sounds amazing thanks bro. okay like this this one kind of reminded me of like a justin timberlake kind of feel to it um i don't know if you've heard that before I don't oh know. man i get it every day oh do you okay so I, i'm not off here just i'm working sure. on i'm working on you know making sure that's not the case i love jt he's amazing yeah he's, but I don't he's want, a I great artist like um but it does sound really good and i think this is a good start for people to to kind of latch on you know along right. with the honesty but tell us a little bit about this particular record though, although we've already played it um, right, right. let's talk about that real quick yeah, yeah so you know it's song number two on the album and uh it's again it's one of those things where just the beginning process of of a of a relationship it's it's the song starts off you know it's a the two the two verses the two uh for the first two verses are like two different dreams that i'm having i keep having these recurring dreams and the first dream you know i'm seeing uh myself walking on the sand on this beach with this chick uh and you know uh, dipping our toes in the sand um, and then the second dream, I'm seeing us, you know, flying to Europe and shopping in Paris together. And like, I'm buying her stuff in Paris. And, uh, but it's the same chick in both dreams. And then, you know, the song transitions halfway through to like this totally different, like trap soul type vibe. Um, and that's, that's the part of the song where, um, if I was to put it in imagery terms, you know, I walked into a cafe or a restaurant or something and I see this, I see this chick working behind the counter or she's a waitress and it's the chick from my dreams. You know, it's the one I've been seeing in my dreams. It's the actual girl in real life. And I'm like, holy crap, that's crazy. I have to go and I have to go introduce myself. I can't just let this moment slip by. Like it's, it's too coincidental. She must be, she must, she must have some role to play in my life. If she's been in my dreams and I see her in real life too. got to introduce myself. So then the second half of the song is all about me working up the courage you know, to fight past my insecurities, to go up and talk to her and introduce myself. Um, but by the end of the song, I don't. You know, I actually chicken out, and she ends up getting off her shift, and she gets into her car and speeds off. Um, and I'm kind of chasing after her. Like in the next song after that on the album, I'm chasing after her, trying to just catch up with her and um, introduce myself. So it's all part of the storyline. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Yeah, man. Um, so again, it sounds like this whole album, you know, is well thought through. Yeah, um, it sounds it needs to be a movie. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's you. You got a great story, like the storyline. You know, from from beginning to end, I think it's great. You're taking us on a journey. You're taking us through real life scenarios and situations, mm-hmm. and it sounds good. Um, so I'm, I, I see this this body of work like is it's a piece of art, and I'm excited that um that we get to talk about it here on my show. Yeah, man. Um, and so I'm looking forward to my listeners going to check out your album, Confessions hey. of a Hopeless Romantic. Where can they check it out at? You can get it on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, um, 
Spotify, uh, Apple Music. It's on all those things. So just you know, type in Confessions of a Hopeless Romantic, or you can just search my artist name, TJ Pompeo. There you go. And um, tell, plug your social stat, your social media, bro. Plug all that stuff. Yeah, your yeah. website and all that good stuff. So Instagram, Twitter are both at TJ Pompeo. Pompeo is P-O-M-P-E-O. Uh, and then Facebook, you know, you can just search TJ Pompeo as well. Uh, and all that, all that good stuff. So you know, hit me up on there. I uh, I do respond to people. I try to interact with people. So uh, hit me up, and, and I promise I won't be a stranger. There you have it, folks. But I tell you what, man, TJ, man, thank you so much for coming on the show, bro. Absolutely, Again, man. it's it's been a long time coming. I yeah, I think that um, we got a lot of good ground covered on this round. I would love to have you back on the show one day. Um, I'm yeah, excited man, to it. present anything new that you have. And and I tell you what, man, here's here's my confession, okay? If if okay. this music thing doesn't work out, all right, here's here's what we can do. Yeah. We can we can go become professional cuddlers. Okay? <laughs> I, I just read somewhere that cuddlers are getting paid eighty dollars an hour to cuddle. What? To cuddle. What the heck? That's crazy. So I'm in the wrong business. I never even heard of that. <laughs> I'm about to Google it right when I get off of here. We could go become professional cuddle. Anyways, that's, that's funny. neither here nor there. TJ, thank you so much for hanging yeah, out man. with me Appreciate on the show, bro. Dark. Thank you for yeah, putting out good, honest music. Thank you for being um, open about life stuff. I, I hope yeah. that a lot of people heard um, your heart today, and I, and I hope that you gain some new fans out of this, bro. Hope like, so, I really bro. do. I yeah, really man. do. Well, once again, thanks, you, bro. Thanks, bro. And listen, yeah, guys. Man. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back on the other side, right here on DJP Dog in the Mix. So there you guys have it. That is my man TJ Pompeo. Once again, check him out. And like I said at the beginning of this show, I want to tell you guys on why I need you guys to pray for me. Because one, I'm, I'm looking for a house. The house that we're in now, we, we're moving out of it. <clears throat> and so I need your prayers to help so that we can find a house. So pray for us that we'll do that. I've got a wife. I've got four kids. And i got the 14-year-old, my wife's little brother, staying with us. So we, we're seven deep. And we need space. I have an office that I work out of. I'm in my office right now here in the beautiful Durham, North Carolina, Bull City. Shout out to you. But sometimes I have to work at home. And when I work at home, I work in the den where... Um, everything is happening. That's where our TV is. My wife does, you know, she folds laundry in this room. My kids run around and play in this room. But as I'm working, the kids are down for, for bedtime. And I'm working on, I was actually working on this show, the TJ Pompeo interview, editing it, doing some post-production. And um, I, I need an office space because, like I said, the TV is in here. So I've got my headphones in and I'm working on the show. And while I'm working on the show, my wife is in the room. She's folding up clothes and she decides she wants to watch a movie. And while she's watching this movie, the, the particular movie that she's watching is a movie about doulas. Okay. Some of you guys are like, what, what in the world is a doula? Here's what a doula is. A doula is like a midwife. A, an individual who assists the pregnant lady 
as she's preparing to give birth in the home or in a pregnancy center or birthing center, whatever you call it. I don't know. Anyways, this is happening. I got my headphones in. I'm, I'm working on this show. And I'm, I look up and I'm seeing all kinds of stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Use adults, use your imagination, okay? I don't have to go into the details of what I'm seeing. I'm like, what in the world am I seeing? I pull up my headphones and I'm looking at them. Like, Are you kidding me right now? I'm, I'm sitting here working on a show with the great TJ Pompeo. I look up and I see women giving birth on. Come on, people. I, I need y'all to pray for me. I need a space. Okay? My, my kids go through my stuff. I can't work while they're awake because they're going through my stuff. Okay? I've had laptops broken and iPads broken because of these people. My wife is watching movies of doulas and giving birth. I need a space to work. I need a space to work. So pray for me that I find a place and that in this place I can find a space where I can have uninterrupted work happening so I can continue to try to bring you guys good quality shows, okay? Now listen, in the last episode of the show, I told you guys of an incident that happened in Charlotte, North Carolina. I want to address that as I go off the air here. But another police shooting happened in, in Charlotte. You know, I, I don't have all the details, so I don't want to misquote, but apparently another innocent black man, unarmed black man, mind you, was shot and killed by police. And the city of Charlotte went into an uproar. I am all for protest and doing things civilly. I'm never for, and I never condone, looting, destroying property, and, and, and hurting other people. In, in the name of protest. Now let me preface that and say this. Preface and say this. I get it. People are fed up. People are tired. People are exhausted. Of seeing this continual thing happen. Especially now that we have media outlets. That can that can show these things. Of, of these, these people being killed. Um, by law enforcement. But folks, you've got to think clearly and you got to think long term. Is destroying property the best long term thing? No, it's not. We, we got to think things through. So I want to say I'm sending my prayers and my thoughts to, to the city of Charlotte. I was scheduled to be in Charlotte to do an event. I'm on tour right now and I was scheduled to be in Charlotte and because of security issues, the show has been canceled. But for me, that's neither here nor there because there's a bigger issue that's going on than than me losing money because I have a canceled show. We'll be back in Charlotte sometime, I'm sure. But folks, I, I want to to send a shout out to all those in Charlotte who are who are doing the right thing, who are protesting peaceably, who are not sitting back and, and allowing no justice to happen. But you're doing it in the right way. If you're listening, if you happen to be listening, you're an individual who is causing more harm than good. Please think through your decision. I get it. I'm frustrated. As a black man myself, I'm frustrated. I get your frustration. I get the, the anger. 
But we've got to make better choices on our end so we don't give them a reason. Let's not, let's not give them a reason to look at us a certain way. Let's not give them a reason to shoot us. Let's not give them a reason. If you want to protest, let's protest peaceably. But it seems like even, even when you protest peaceably, you get, you get heat. But that's okay too. Because we have the freedom to protest peaceably. Let's do that. I'm not for the violence. I'm not for the looting. I'm not for the destruction of property. Let's do things right, folks. Let's pray for peace right here in our own country. We need God's help. We do. We need his help. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my show. Can't wait to come back with a brand new DJ P-Dog in the Mix episode. We got more great music coming for you guys. More slamming the jammits, more interviews, and a lot of more great things happening right here on the In The Mix Radio Network. Hit me up on all my social platforms at DJ P-Dog. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter or on my website, djpdog.com. Until we meet again next time, one love, peace. Follow DJ P-Dog, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram right now at DJ P-Dog.